Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We have some incredible texts coming in on our Westlock Ford text line at 630, 630. We're going to get to two momentarily before we bring aboard Craig Simpson, but not after I tell you that some guests on the show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse 99. 90 Jasper Avenue. It is 12.35 in Edmonton. Uh, actually, I'm going to read three. Jared from Barhead. Bob, I think you should try some cannabis. Maybe you start tweeting offense wins. I thought he was going to say some offensive tweets. Uh, anyhow, uh, this text comes in. Bob McDavid really impressed me last night. He does it differently. He pulled his team back into the fight, much like Jason Smith would with a big hit or a big fight. Well, yeah, except the key to getting back in the games is scoring. <laughs> and McDavid can score. Uh, here we go. Doug out of uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, says, Bob, I blamed everyone but 97. I fired McClellan and Shirelli. Then when Nurse scored in overtime, I did a huge fist pump and shouted yes and was worried I'd wake up my son and daughter and my wife. There you go. Well, I think you weren't the only ones. There's a lot of people out there like that. That's the beauty of comebacks like that. They can bring teams together and it can go. There's different moments that galvanize a hockey club during the course of the year. Let's bring aboard Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Craig, how you doing? I'm great, Bob. How are you? Pretty good. It's a pretty uh, easygoing flight coming back last night after the game, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that... Uh... That was a big turn of events, and as you said, uh, I, I think you were sort of discussing last year's equivalent for for Winnipeg coming to Edmonton and having the same kind of game. So you always hope that that can galvanize your group a little bit and hopefully uh, get them settled in and be ready for what's looking like a really tough homestand to start. Um, we got another text saying, Bob, what are your comments on Pierre Lebrun saying Connor McDavid's worth $20 million a year? Uh, and I'm going to go back to, where, Craig, you and me are roughly of the vintage. You had ability. I didn't. Uh, so you played in the NHL, but there was an athlete at your time that any time he played, and he played in two different sports. So when he was at bat or in the field, or when he got a pitch or a handoff in football, you were watching because he was that electrifying. And for me, that player was Bo Jackson. He was the most exciting player I've seen in sport. And when it comes to hockey, I think Edmontonians are privileged. They're watching, and, you know, as good as Bo was, he wasn't the league MVP in either sport, but he's the only athlete ever to be good enough to be in an all-star game in the same calendar year. 
in the same sport. Uh, and, you know, Bo's thing was speed, and that's Connor's thing is speed. We are watching something truly special, aren't we? Well, I, I think it's must-see television, and I, I, I go back to looking at great players and how they establish themselves in the game. And you're looking at a player now who is out of his entry-level contract who, you know, has won the last two Art Ross could arguably won the last two Hart uh, trophies. Uh, but much like Gretzky before him, uh, you know, this is when you start to figure out who you are as a player and what you can do, and you start challenging yourself to be better every day and try to be the best each and every year. And I think it's, uh, it's commendable the way he started the year in what's been a frustrating one for his teammates. And, um, you know, I, I think the problem with trying to compare leagues is there's no question. When you look at the, uh, the salaries in football and baseball and basketball, uh, it pales in comparison to hockey. And that, that's the reality of our sport. As much as it is as exciting a game as any of those other three major ones, there just is not the, uh, the television uh, contracts, the money, the revenue that uh, allows that to be a part of it. If he were playing at that level in any other sport, he, he'd be over a $20 million player. And uh, that's just the hard reality. And quite frankly, Bob, that's where we get into trouble as a, as a league trying to compare the two when we get to collective bargaining agreements. And I've said many times before, if, if the... If Canada and the United States were flip-flopped and we had 370 million people instead of 37 million uh, and we had all but seven of the teams, you would have that kind of salary structure because you would have an interest in hockey that would parallel those other sports. But the reality is he's getting what he's getting, and I, I think from his perspective, he's just starting to realize how great he can be. And uh, I, I thought it was fun to watch, and it was good to see the emotion in his game last night. It was good to see uh, the intensity of trying to drag his team back. And equally as impressive was after the game, okay, let's move on. We got uh, a job to do going home. Just to take you down a trip down memory lane, because you did spend some time in Los Angeles back around that time, uh, Bo Jackson was a phenomenon, wasn't he? I mean, it, he was a freak what he could do. It was. Well, it's rarely that you can be uh, a top athlete in, in a couple of different sports. And so, yes, w without question. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you the, the skill set needed. And the, that's why it's so rare to be divided in your training on a couple of different things. I mean, today's athlete is so... Uh, has such a microcosm of what they need to do within their specific yeah. sport to, to get better. So, uh, without question. Even the way the guy got hurt in the end. I mean, he was so explosive and so strong. Nobody else would have been in a position to get hurt like that because they couldn't have pulled away from the tackler. It's just I, just, I just think about the explosiveness. And when you're watching Connor, it's the explosiveness and the excitement and the anticipation. And to be in that building last night, as that third period was going on, he was like a shark circling, and the the nervous apprehension, Craig, from and it's a great. I mean, you worked the series there last year. Did you two or just one Winnipeg series last? I think you did two, didn't you? Two, yeah, yeah. two. I mean, they got that's a great crowd there. It's a great experience in that building, but they know hockey because they're it's a Canadian market. And as he was going in the third period, you could feel it in the building. They're like, <gasps> like you know, it was one of those every time he came down the ice and attacked again. It was pretty awesome to watch. 
Well, yeah, and I, I, does that surprise you? I, I mean, that, that's where I, I'm looking back and trying to compare in my mind to see um, players who are, are at that level. I mean, he's not even into his quote-unquote prime yet, but he, he's, at that, uh, he's at that level where he understands his role, he understands he's the leader, he understands that he's got to be a difference maker every night, and it's exciting to see a player, you know, in embrace that and grow with that and we'll have to see you know what teams can do to try to slow that down now every time you went into a game plan where you had to try to stop Mario Lemieux or you had to stop Wayne Gretzky you had to figure a way of okay collectively how are we going to do that and because of his explosiveness and the speed and the pace of his game uh, it becomes a little bit more challenging. It's not just a case of being in the right place defensively. It's uh, making sure either you negate him the puck or you have backup of one or two guys to try to protect yourself from that speed. And, you know, we've seen already in his four goals this year, it's, uh, what would you say, three of them anyways, have been that explosiveness to the outside that guys just haven't been able to handle. In a football term, like, uh, you know, an, uh, an electrifying back, if he breaks his first level, if he gets to the second level, you're done. And that's what it was like with Bo. And with Connor, it was interesting last night, Paul Maurice talked about the fact that they gave him too much time and space. Right, mm-hmm. they they let him because they really aggressed for uh they really aggressively forechecked, which is how I'd play against Edmonton. But the Oilers got some chips and some pucks past him, and he actually he Craig he wasn't totally dialed in. Like there was some missed two on one opportunities in that game, and that's what I liked is it wasn't easy for him. He had to push it and push himself. But once he you know once he's attacking the D man, it's uh, it's crazy. All right, so here's here's the problem with all of this. And we're getting the text coming in. We're getting the yeah, but guys who, okay, yeah, it's great the Oilers won. Yeah, but what about the rest of the team? Did we start to see some of the rest of the team uh, pull out of their uh, funk as well a bit last night, Craig? Well, I mean, that's the only thing that you can hope. And there's no question that the team's not where it needs to be. I I would guarantee it's not at all where the, the management and the coaching staff would have hoped or expected it to be. There's um, you know, again, numerous individuals that have underperformed, albeit it's only four games and such a spread out. I, what I like anyways is that hopefully you'll get into a little bit of a rhythm. And that, that's the kind of game that hopefully will, you know, give you some life, give you some confidence so you can get into the everyday NHL rhythm of playing hockey. This has been a very strange start of so much time away that it's been hard if you're struggling to get that traction back into your game and go, okay, I, you know, two nights later you're right back at it and now I've gained some confidence from that last game and I'm going to transfer that into this one. And that just hasn't been the case. But there, there's no question. I think that's partly the answer that uh, Connor gave to Gene go about the whole you know, points and uh, consecutive goals is like that, that can't happen. That's not something to be proud of as a team. We've got to be a team that is going to be hard to beat all around. And so uh, let's face it. They, they start with a, you know, we've talked a little bit about the must must wins. And if you look at the nature of this homestand, you got to start with that first game and you can't have another letdown or you can't have another slow start uh, to, to establish things on home ice. This has got to be, come a place where if you're Todd McClellan and you have that uh, asset of McDavid on the last matchup, you've got to make this a difficult building to try to come in as an opponent and win. And uh, they, they can't afford to take a step back on this one. 
We're joined by Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you. It's 1245 in Edmonton. Craig, uh, yes, the Pugliarvi got moved into the top six last night. Uh, Milan Lucic got moved off the line with Drysaddle. Did you play better? Uh, you were a right shot, right? I was a right shot that, you know, I started as a centerman, played a tiny little bit of uh, of right wing, but I played left wing as a right shot. Okay, so did you play better with a uh, right shooting centerman or a left shooting centerman? Uh, the only two I really had was Mario as a right shooting and Mest as a left, so... Uh, I would say I only got about ten games with Mario in that, uh, so it didn't didn't really matter to me. Uh, uh, having a left-handed centerman uh, on our off wings, I mean, Mark has that ability to to pass both ways. Uh, I, I think you have to be ready to accept passes in different levels. So I, I think at times there's a little overanalyzing on what a right-handed shot centerman. If you have a guy that has high skill and high reading ability and is able to play as a centerman all over the ice. Uh, I don't think it matters either way. If you have a lesser skilled guy that is really frightened to go to his backhand or doesn't have that ability to move the puck either way, you're going to feel a little closed off if you're on that backhand size. But if you're talking about highly skilled centermen, I, I don't really think there's that much of a difference. Well, it's interesting because I've had some people text me about Lucic and say maybe he's better with a, a right shot center. I'm, I'm going to say something right now. I think Ryan Strom is more comfortable having Milan Lucic on his wing because I think Ryan Strom gets a little braver when he has Milan Lucic on his wing. So... Uh, you know, and again, the Oilers had some jump in the third period, so a lot of players looked better than they had been. I mean, Paul Yarby looked more noticeable in the third period of last night, created some strips and some scoring opportunities and some chances, and then finally got one, you know, with a net well, front the, the difference I would say, Bob, is you become a pedestrian or you become an attacker. And let's face it, you get, you know, scored on twice early on in the game yep. and you're not winning. It goes back to the same fundamentals that we seem to talk about every week and you know you can see a difference in a hockey club when you're galloping downhill and you're attacking and you're making some plays and you're putting some pressure on as opposed to a team that's losing all those battles is late there so you know it, it is as simple as uh, changing the the energy of your team and getting into a position where you're not watching the game, you're playing the game, and you're attacking on the game, and you're forcing things to happen. And I, I think if you just took a microcosm of, of that game, that's kind of been the start of their season. Uh, but you can see later on when you are uh, a unit that is attacking in unison and is supporting each other that uh, with some of the top skill guys you you can make things happen and that's the way you have to play hockey if you're going to be a successful team and in the four short games that the Oilers have had they they haven't done nearly enough of that are they lucky to be two and two uh sure I, I mean last night was you could call it luck but you can also call it will so um I, I think that you survived a game that they really needed in in New York um and that's one that could have easily slid away. So in that regard, I don't think they necessarily deserved to Well, they didn't deserve to win the first one. They really didn't deserve to win the second one. So I think it is what it is. But it, it, it shows the importance of what that game means. And 
we talked, I think, a couple of weeks ago before they started of just how important it was to come back from Europe and, and not let things totally slide. So to win the last two is a, is a good accomplishment. And there are times when you got to throw away the uh, video and say, you know, it wasn't a pretty game, but let's let's build off of that. And now you got to establish yourself on a on a homestand that is going to have some pretty tough teams to to try to deal with. So, Craig, you get moved to Edmonton during the 1987-88 season. You win the cup. You guys get beat by the Kings in 88-89. Was there a point? And uh, we've talked a lot about the brawl with LA on February 28, 1990. But was there a point that season? where you guys had a moment, and I'm not saying for a second the Oilers are Stanley Cup contenders. My hope is they can use this experience last night to make the playoffs, right? But was there a point during that 89-90 year, which was a little bit of a surprise for you guys to win the Stanley Cup without Wayne Gretzky, uh, where you guys said, damn it, we can win this thing? Yeah, I I think uh, partly on the ice. Uh, I mean, that L.A. game was just more of a... You know, emotional, their arrival, they beat us. It's cutting the ties between Gretzky and us. We we had to treat Wayne as we would have trying to shut down Connor McDavid or Mario Lemieux or some other great player, whereas we didn't do that with the uh, intensity that you needed to to, to stop him. But I, I said before, part of it happened on the ice, and the other part was uh, – uh, the all-star break going skiing together as a team every single guy except the two who were in the all-star game went together and you know that's part of building uh, a team on the ice is having a team off the ice that that cares for each other and that can start to honestly talk and uh, you know almost expose yourself to your weakness and say okay i got to be better at this and i i promise and i pledge i'm going to be it and what we have to do as a group and you got to, you know, not be so focused on just what you are doing or what goals you've set. It's got to come together and make sure you're making it as part of the team. And so I would say there was a couple on the ice, but uh, a lot of it happened uh, off the ice. And I thought the real catalyst was was the uh, uh, all-star trip where we all went off together and we got a chance to really talk about it and be together and bond together and I think that helped us on the team fight for each other a lot harder. And it's too hard a game to play if you've got um, 13 or 14 of your of your 18 players on the ice who aren't playing for each other and, and trying to win and uh, give that extra effort to help each other. I, I think it's too much of an obstacle uh, to try to overcome. And that's what you hope to build as a unity in a group. And hopefully you can start playing together as a unit and, and get some, some good positive things happening. Uh, two things. Number one, uh, that ski trip. I, I bet you guys are really happy there weren't camera phones back then. And- oh, that, it just changes everything. I've, I've listened to the last few weeks of, you know, Connor this and Austin Matthews yeah. trying to compare. I go, every city back in our day, you imagine how people felt in Edmonton about Wayne Gretzky and all those yeah. things. How, how people felt in Pittsburgh about Mario Lemieux. How the Boston Bruins were the best team. and that, like it, it is a little ridiculous that uh, even you responding to somebody's text about whether a right-handed center would be better or left-handed. Like, trust me, there's a lot of discussion about players and how they feel and how the coaches uh, deal with it. And, you know, that's the that's the world we're living in now, that everything is broadcast 24-7. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it's for the good, quite frankly, but it's understandable the way that the world 
operates now. Oh, to have been a fly on the wall when you guys were on that ski. You know what? Uh, did you ever see the great Canadian movie classic, uh, Hot Dog the Movie? Uh, I know of it, but no, I can't say I watched it. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the infamous line. Sunny side up, sunny side down, sunny side all over. Anyhow, I digress. Craig, where are you this week? Uh, I'm in. I got a busy week. I'm in Toronto for St. Louis there Saturday, and then I've got uh, hometown hockey on Sunday. Is uh, the hundredth episode, and it's London, Ontario, which is my hometown. So I'm doing the Flames and Rangers on Sunday as well. Awesome stuff, Craig. Take. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Care. All right. See ya. See ya. That's Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. We'll take a two-minute break. It is 12.54 at Edmonton. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Shed. All righty. And I... It's uh, 12.56, Oscar Clefbaum and Adam Larson have picked it up. The Oilers uh, practicing today. The Lions, by the way, Connor McDavid with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Ty Rowdy. Leon Dreisaitl with Tobias Reeder and Yessa Pugliarvi. Ryan Strom with Milan Lucic and Kyler Yamamoto. Kyle Brodziak with Jajara Kara, Zach Cassian slash Alex Jason. Drake Kajula was absent from practice today with an uh, I'm, I, I thought he landed on his hip. You can book now with New West Travel. Join Oilers now in Vegas and Nashville. Two of the most exciting arenas in the National Hockey League. These Oilers Now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, plus a welcome reception with myself and special guests. Parking at uh, the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport as well. Limited space to get on these trips to see uh, the Oilers on roadies in Nashville and Vegas. Reach out to New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. We will get to text, uh, some calls on River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063, after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.